Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Vitology. Now, that's a little different. Um, Ryan, I want to say welcome to you. And Thank I want to you, say Josh. welcome to everybody here. And if you'll see the, the sign above me, if you're watching us, it says Vitology Podcast. You know, um, I had this interesting conversation, Ryan. I hadn't, haven't filled him in on this at all yet. Um, I was explaining the podcast. Actually, the way it worked is somebody, one of you out there who may be joining us and listening on some platform, said, uh, so now explain to me this thing about the podcast, because I've heard it's on YouTube. I've heard it's on <laughs> it's on Facebook. Um, but then you call it a podcast. Yeah. And so I said, well, sure. yeah, of course. <laughs> Why not? That makes sense. And, and so she says to me, you know, that means it's not a podcast. And I said, OK, now that's not true. It doesn't mean that it's not a podcast. It's just that the, the what we do live here gets put onto a you podcast. You can get it on the podcast store you can get it on so okay here's my here's my thought i i thought this just needs to be called vitology there you go because it's the study of of life That's and it, you know you can join uh and and listen to it as a podcast uh but you know you can join here and interact with us live we hope you do which we love we love it when you do but i've found that actually the majority of our users or of our users of our viewers are actually watching um watching on youtube or on facebook um not not necessarily live but they're they're diving or in listening on uh on the podcast, podcast. on the podcast exactly <laughs> or on the podcast and uh and the beauty of those other options is that they can listen to it at double speed there you go <laughs> no, there you go um no but we'd love it if you can i know the timing uh, we we record this at three o'clock on wednesdays and so uh, that doesn't work for everybody. It does not. But it does for us. Yep. And so, but we're glad that you are enjoying this and joining in any way you can. And yep. so, once if again. If you're live, give us a shout out, yes. comment in the comment section, say hi. We'd love to know who's tuning in. Yes. And if you have any questions, we'll do our best to get to them. That's right. That's right. We've got a lot to cover today, we though, Josh. We really do, man. This is going to be a fun one. Okay. Yeah. So, um, this is this is episode uh, 34 of Vitology. And and actually, it's taken me 34 episodes to realize that whole thing that I just explained to you about the, what this really is. Um, but in episode 33, you'll see if you're if you're seeing the on the podcast or if you uh, if you look on our YouTube page, you'll see that uh, that there was a spiritual get spiritual warfare seminar that happened last week. If you were sitting around at three o'clock uh, last week on Wednesday thinking, where are they? Um, well, we were here preparing for the spiritual warfare seminar. Yeah. And so that's that kind of took the place of the podcast, but it's in the podcast feed. And so if you're listening on our podcast, you can go back and listen to that, or you can go to our YouTube page and uh, and find the spiritual warfare seminar. Yeah. And so we're going to pause right now and let you go and do that. Okay, just kidding. wonderful. Um, good. Glad you're back. All right. <laughs> um, so uh, hopefully you got to hear this seminar. And that's not one you want to listen to at double speed. In fact, maybe not. I would I would highly recommend listening to that one at normal speed or less than, and uh, and really thinking through because there is a lot of great content. Ryan, I thought it was <laughs> yes. it was a fabulous fabulous uh, seminar. Thanks. I got I got home and and this is in in uh, advocacy of single speed. I got home and my wife Kelly said that was. Um, a lot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was. It, it, it was. really was, uh, you know, a, I don't know, 10 hours worth of material that I condensed into about an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> unapologetically uh, yeah. because that's sort of the platform and, and yeah. the way that we decided to do it. But yeah, I would have loved to have dove into each one of the things I talked about in greater depth. A little, yeah, a little more depth. It is what and, it is. And yeah. by the way, that, that was the first time that we've done a seminar on as a part of our, our growth track. Okay, That's our third Wednesday of the month. We're doing seminars. And that was the first time we've done that. And so we are kind of trying to figure out what that is. Yeah, and, what the know, best way to do it is. How yeah. much content to give at one time. And so, um, but I, I mean, all, all, of, all of Ryan's slides are on the, uh, uh, in the YouTube description comments comments or in the description and yeah. uh you can find those as well so you can kind of watch alongside of it and uh and go nice and and uh, slowly through um 
but one of the things that uh, the, the limit of time that we have just didn't give us much time to get to questions and answers. Oh, yeah. So we get and to do so some of that today. We get to do some of that. Yes. And so we're going to we're going to dive right in because we've got a lot to cover. Yeah, let's do it. And so, um, hey, everybody saying hi online here. What's up, Michael? And uh, great message last Sunday, by the way, which, okay, thank you for that reminder. We will we'll do our best to get to that as well, because uh, we you wrapped up our our sermon series on This Is Us, with yep. a, a sermon on We Are Servants. Yes. Which, uh, which, which was, as Michael says, was fabulous. So let's, uh, let's dive into some of these questions, though, from last Wednesday. All right. Um, let's just start off. I, uh, you know, we had, a, we had people kind of voting on which questions to ask. And the top question was this. Um, is there any difference in the, in the access the enemy has to a believer's mind Versus that of an unbeliever. Hmm. That question. Yeah, that's an interesting question, um, because I think I think what here's what they're wrestling with. Is, uh, I made the comment that uh, a believer cannot be uh, possessed mm -hmm. uh, by a demonic power or force, but they can be oppressed by one. They yeah. can be demonized by one, and um, but that's more about ownership than it is about. Um, and and full access than it is mm. about um, even s some partial access. So and mm. and he's talking about the mind here. So um, or this person who asked this question is. So I, my answer to that would be yes and no. Yes and no. All okay. right. So all right, all here, right. let like me that. read the question again. Is there a difference in the access the enemy has to a believer's mind versus that of an unbeliever? No, hmm. but there is a difference in access the believer has to truth that they're then able to combat okay. demonic uh, lies mm -hmm. that the enemy wants to feed them. So if the enemy were unable to have access to the mind of a believer, then some of the things that scripture calls us to mm -hmm. do would be um, that they wouldn't be necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking specifically of second Corinthians chapter 10 uh, verses three through five, but the really the climactic point is in verse five when Paul says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Yeah, right. So if the enemy didn't have access mm -hmm. to the mind of the believer, then we wouldn't have any reason to take every thought captive. Mm -hmm. uh, it would already be captive to. To Christ, it mm -hmm. would already be owned completely and totally by Christ. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. We do have so, different access to truth, though. Okay, okay. So, so this, so sorry. that's definitely different. Yeah. Um. And and there's definitely. So what you're saying is that that uh, that they we have to take it captive because uh, the enemy does have some sort of access. Yeah, absolutely. But, but is it the same? Yeah, I, I mean that's an interesting question. Hmm. I don't know if we have clear scriptural um mm -hmm. chapter and verse on that mm -hmm. i would say it's similar okay um it's similar um but the holy spirit that the difference would be can we be possessed and or owned by mm -hmm. demonic Got forces it. and Got powers it. and i would say Got absolutely it. not okay now their question was specifically about the mind mm -hmm. and i don't th i i my, my gut response would be there is no difference in the way that the enemy attacks the mind of the unbeliever than the way that he attacks the mind of the believer. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So now then the, the next, it's a related question that to this is this one I'm going to put on the screen here. If someone was possessed, would they know it? Would they know it? See, I, that's a, that is such a fascinating question. It really is. Um, because in scripture, um, I'm trying to think of different examples, right? Most of the time when somebody is possessed, mm -hmm. other people know it, but yeah. we're not sure. I, I, we don't huh. see them affirming knowledge of the possession, yeah. right? Yeah. And so um, it's clear to other people, right? I'm thinking about the boy who's possessed by a demon. It throws him into fires, right? And, and it really is tormenting his life. But we don't have... We don't have uh, knowledge that he's going, hey, I'm possessed by a, yeah, help. a demon here. Yeah, help. Yeah. Um, I think that they're so um, encompassed by the demonic activity mm. and they view it as reality that I don't I don't know that they know. In fact, mm. I, my my response would be, I don't think they know. Hmm. I think other people can see it. Hmm. 
What do you think? It's a great question. I, you know, I mean, I, I, I do think that it's probably one of those things they, they know after the fact, Yeah. you know, so, um, that you, you could, you could see in, in retrospect only, yes. but in the moment, just like, I mean, you know, in some ways, just like all, all sin that we're involved in, that, are, that is a part of our life. Um, you know, the, the problem often is that we're not, we don't recognize it. Yeah. We don't see that we're, we've been trapped by it until you kind of get to stand back and, and look, look backwards at it. So yeah, yeah that's it. Now that's a, I would say, uh, I, my answer would be different if they had asked if someone was demonized or yeah. oppressed by a demon or attacked by a demon that would they know my answer to that would be yes. Okay. So um, I, I, I would think so, especially if that person is a follower of Jesus, mm -hmm. I think they would know. Um, but the question was if someone is possessed, possessed yeah. would they know now this, we got into a little bit, in the seminar. Um, but in fact, I think you said you chose not to use the word possessed, right? Correct. Because that's got some different connotations mm -hmm. to it. Um, now, if you, if you, if you had to explain the difference between possessed yeah. and demonized, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot now because yeah. I think, but what would you say? Yeah, I would say possessed would be, um, owned in the mm. sense that they can, um, in some way control. I think back, right. I'll use this example again to the the boy who's had demons and they were throwing mm -hmm. him into fires um i think of um the man who was possessed by demons and had lacerations mm -hmm, all over mm -hmm, him right mm -hmm. so there's some sort of control and ownership that the a demon would exert over somebody who's quote unquote possessed now demonized i would say that that's different that yeah. there is attack but not ownership okay, okay. so that's where um and it, and you know, oftentimes through mind, through heart, like, so demonic attack could come through depression. It could come through anxiety. Mm -hmm. It could come through a number of different areas, mm -hmm. suicidal ideation. Now, just to be clear, just like I said in the seminar, I'm not saying that anytime those things happen, it's demonic attack, but not, not all the time. Correct. Is that how those correct. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But that those are ways that somebody can be attacked, but not possessed okay okay does that make sense yeah so because that that is a that's a that's an important distinction because uh as a christian i mean just I, i'll put it in a question that i think this this question is begging um can a can a christian be possessed i would say no okay i would say no but can a christian be demonized yes see there you go Absolutely. that's huge yeah and that distinction is big yeah. in other words that the, a, a, a christian can be attacked by by a uh, by a demon. Yeah, um, sure. All sorts of Absolutely. These things. And I think even repeatedly so, right? So mm -hmm. um the the ex the user experience in a sense, mm -hmm. right? Uh, um could feel similar to somebody. Yeah. Who, um uh, it could feel like possession if it's continual attack. Yeah, absolutely. But there's still an ownership um that the Holy Spirit would have on the life of the believer, that, that the Spirit lives inside of you, mm -hmm. makes his home in you, mm -hmm. and isn't going to give up ownership of you. You're sealed for the day of redemption, oh, right? Yeah. And so that's where I would say, no, you can't be owned by and two things, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can be attacked, certainly. And um, I think we see examples of that yeah. in Scripture. Yeah, absolutely. Man, well... That gets me to, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of playing with these ideas of, of well, playing with these ideas. We've, we mentioned these ideas of, of demons mm -hmm. now. Um, and one of the one of the, I think, really interesting things that could have been its own seminar was the the talk about about uh, about Elohim. Right. Oh, yeah. And about the gods. OK, so right. I'm going to jump around a little bit and out of the order of the questions that y'all voted on just yeah. because this relates to this really well. Yeah. And here's the question that, that came up is, is what is this hierarchy of spiritual powers? If there is one, uh, okay. Cause you, it seems like you mentioned <laughs> gods yeah, or God. Okay. I, I, that's a capital G gods, lowercase G, uh, devils, the devil, um, D uh, spirits, demons. I don't know if there are any others. Well, Elohim, Elohim, but that's, that's I guess gods. Yeah. Can I just give a quick synopsis of what we talked yes, about? Let's, yeah, so yeah, this first word, uh, the, the first time we read the word God, 
-hmm. in the scriptures is Genesis 1-1, in the mm -hmm. beginning God created. And that word is Elohim. Elohim yeah. And Elohim, you have to imagine that Elohim is a title. It's mm -hmm. not a name, right? Mm -hmm. So it would mm -hmm. be like calling you dad mm -hmm. instead of calling you Josh or yes. calling you pastor yeah. instead of calling you Josh, right? Yeah. Um, so there's a very, um, well, and that word Elohim mm -hmm. is used in a variety of different ways mm -hmm. in the scriptures. And so context matters when we're talking about Elohim mm -hmm. because a very... Um, uh, astute reader of the scriptures and or person who's interacting with an Elohim would say, which one, ah, yes. right? Because there is not just one Elohim. No. Yeah. Um, so here's the, and, and you can argue with that, but you'd be wrong because here's, here's what the scriptures, yes. there are at least six different ways the scriptures use this term Elohim. One is in direct reference to Yahweh. Okay who I would, I would argue is the chief creator God. He is the creator of everything in addition to the other Elohim. Okay. Okay. And so when, so what we're saying is it in Genesis, when it uses the general term that that's actually, it's referring to Yahweh. Though, Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It is referring to which, Yahweh. Yeah. Which makes sense. In fact, interesting in Genesis one and two, there's no, there's no personal names of anyone. No. Even Adam is a is not a personal name that's man. not the guy's yeah. name it's yeah. just man yeah. right human and, and then human is yeah life. Just, yeah exactly right so, interesting so elohim all right um i i would i would say that elohim is a generic term mm -hmm. for a um spiritual being that has very real spiritual power okay okay so uh yahweh is an elohim Members of Yahweh's divine council are referred mm. to as Elohim. This is in Psalm 80, 82. Foreign gods are referred to as Elohim. Demons are referred mm -hmm. to as Elohim. Mm. Spirits are referred to as Elohim. And angels are referred mm. to as Elohim. All of them are um, spiritual beings that have very real spiritual power. Mm. Okay. And so um, Yahweh, in the hierarchy, Yahweh is above it all. Right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He is the creator God who um, called all of this, spoke all of this around us, but also um, the uh, the created order of the other spiritual powers mm -hmm, into being. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say that, um, and I'm sort of smiling because some of this is a little bit conjecture and you have to tease some of this out, mm -hmm. but I would say that um, all of those were originally created good. And those Elohim, that they were designed to serve the purposes of Yahweh, and that a third of them rejected God mm -hmm. and have gone rogue, as it were, and are intent on destroying the goodness of mm -hmm. God's creation. Hmm. Um, and so we would consider them to be evil Elohim or demons, or it, there's a number of different terms, sure. devils. Yeah. And, and I would simply say in the hierarchy of rogue Elohim, who have gone against their creator. They were designed to serve him. They've gone against him that the Satan or the devil or the serpent in Genesis chapter three, mm -hmm. all the names mm -hmm. that he goes by in scripture is the, the chief Elohim okay. of the evil armies of darkness. Okay. And okay. if this sounds like a science fiction novel, well, <laughs> so be it. <laughs> well, and, and it does seem, it seems like, there's there's other named demons no that, doubt. that may be of some level of, you know, in that hierarchy above other demons. Yeah, maybe, absolutely. Right? Listen, when we read through, it's funny because when we read through the Ten Commandments, right? Mm. And um, uh, there, we, yeah. you know, there's, there's, you shall have no other gods before me. Yeah. The only reason Yahweh gives that command to his people is because it's a very real option. Mm-hmm. The, and and if you go back and you read Genesis chapter or, or sorry Exodus chapter three, when Moses asks Yahweh, he doesn't know his name's Yahweh at the time. He asks this Elohim who's speaking to him, "Who should I say sent mm. me?" And what what God doesn't respond with is say God sent you, mm. right? Because mm. their response would have been which one. Mm. And so he says, "Tell them Yahweh sent you," and. As if to say, this is not a title. This is my name. And I, by the way, I'm the creator God. And let me prove my authority mm. and power over the other gods that the Egyptians are worshiping yeah. by 
all of these signs and yeah. plagues and eventually by freeing you so that you can come and worship me. That's, that's, that's right. the point of Exodus and freedom from the captivity in Egypt is so that they can go worship God. Yeah. 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 I've heard it said that each of the plagues are, are a direct, um, like claiming that, that Yahweh has power over each, each of the gods totally. of, <laughs> of, yeah. of Egypt. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's powerful. So that's sort of a brief. Mm. Yeah. We usually, we, the scriptures often use a generic term, Elohim, when mm -hmm. we use specific terms, right? Mm -hmm. Spirits, angels, demons. But in, in in the Old Testament, oftentimes those are referred to as Elohim. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Someone asked if there's a lowercase gods and demons. And so, yeah, you kind of answering that question. Yeah. There are. And, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, going back to the Ten Commandments, the, the um, uh, the second commandment would be don't make a graven image, right? Mm -hmm. And we we mm -hmm. sometimes conflate those two, right? Don't have any other gods and don't make idols, as mm -hmm. if to say, like, in, oh, yeah. in Western thought, we're very comfortable with idols, uh -huh. right? But we would go, they don't have any real power. Hmm. Um, they're just they're just a stone, right? So this is, in many ways, this is Isaiah 44, I think it is, hmm. um, where God is saying, right, to Isaiah, how silly idolatry is. Like, you you take a piece of wood and but with half of it you carve it into an idol and you bow down and worship it and the other half you throw into the fire and you burn mm -hmm. right so in some ways the scriptures go idols like just silly but and paul paul in um first corinthians which we'll get the chance to talk about next year right. um we're doing a first corinthians series he says an idol is nothing but be careful because sometimes there could be a demon behind it yes right yes <laughs> like, so there's this tension right between uh mm. the first commandment, don't have any other gods before me and, um, don't create a, a carven image, a graven image. Yeah. And, um, my goodness, sometimes wow. th th those are tied together in a very unique way. Yeah. 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 So sometimes it's just a meaningless piece of nothing. Yeah. And yet there's something, I mean, there's a danger of there being a, a demon there that, that in other words, I mean, we've got to watch out for demons. I, I Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Wow. Okay. And, and I think, um, there would be so many people who operate in these spheres hmm. far more, um, uh, consistently than I do that would say, absolutely. Hmm. Like you practice when you practice the occult, hmm. um, or other sort of expressions of spirituality that don't acknowledge Jesus as Lord, you open yeah. yourself up to these very real, um, and very powerful demonic activity. There's just things that open you up to being attacked, um, demonized, mm -hmm. however you want to put it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Paul is simply just hitting on that in First Corinthians. Okay. Okay. We're going to get so save that thought. If that if that brings up questions in your mind about uh, how that could be, um, we're going to get to some questions about that. But before I leave this topic, uh, you you'd mention that uh, uh you know a third of the angels right yeah um have left so so someone asked this um how is it that legions of angels left god can't and really it's this is kind of a, a question now that we're going to just solve all the free will questions in life right now but can either angels or or a demon change their mind um okay so how is it that we would just call this the great rebellion yeah, in yeah, heaven yeah um if I would have uh, known that this was question was coming, I'd have my cite citations better down. Um, but I, I want to say it's uh, Ezekiel 19 yeah. and it's, Isaiah 14. It's Ezekiel. Good. I'll Ezekiel look 11, up. somewhere in there. It's either 11 or mm -hmm. 19. Um, uh, that talk about the rebellion of, uh, of the Satan uh, doesn't use those terms, but um, would use the terms of the um, Prince of Tyre. Mm -hmm. Is that right? In Isaiah, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, I want to see it's Isaiah 14. So I could be wrong on that. Th so that's where we get these ideas from. Revelation chapter 12 would be another place that talks about um, the fall of Satan mm -hmm. and the way that a third of heaven follows after him. Mm -hmm. And essentially, uh, the original sin was a longing to be God, a longing yeah. to be beautiful and to be worshipped and to be the one at yep. the center yep. of the story. So specifically, the question is, can either angels or demons change their mind? 
And I would say no. I would say no. And um, let me give you part of the reason for my answer. There's a passage in, I believe it's 2 Peter, that talks about the goodness of the gospel and the way that the angels look on in absolute awe. Mm. And I don't, does that, does that one ring a bell Um, for you? Yes. Okay. I mean, Um, it does, but the same way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's free right now. Um, oh, that okay, the it long it's, to see. it's actually yeah. first, it's first Peter, first Peter. Yeah. They long uh, to see they, 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 it's the same word. It's epi- epithemio. epithemio. The, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it says this in verse 12, it was revealed to them, uh, the people who were, um, preaching mm-hmm. and teaching about Jesus. It was revealed to them that they were serving not only themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you mm. through those who preached good news to you by the Holy spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. And there's this picture of the goodness of the gospel and redemption. I think that's, I think that that's what Peter is getting at here. Redemption that the angels go, the grace of God on display is unbelievable uh, because we don't see that as operative in our world Hmm. as they do in theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, so mm. we know mm. that hell was created for the devil and his angels mm-hmm. because there is no, there, there is no redemption for them. That's yeah. Matthew chapter 25. Yeah. I want to say it's verses. It's somewhere in between verse 41 and 46. And so we know that that's the reason that God created hell. It was for the devil and his angels. Um, because there is, um, I would argue there's no redemption for yeah. them. Yeah. So they, they can they change your mind? I don't think so. Okay. But they could at one point or something like that, right? I mean, apparently. They did. They change did. your mind. Yeah. Yes. So, huh. It's at some level they had some sort of some sort of choice. Yeah. And uh yeah, and you know, and maybe hmm. what do you think? Maybe how, it's something how would you answer. Uh, well, Maybe that's something something like salvation in a sense. Okay, that you know, um, you you become a slave to sin if you're if you're not, or we're born in a sense, or we're we 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 are slaves to sin before Christ, right? Mm-hmm. So so um, you can't not sin is kind of the the idea. Mm-hmm. Now, um, with with those who choose Christ um, are freed from that and can can actually that's where freedom is mm-hmm. is in christ right so they actually have the freedom to choose where you really don't yeah. if you're not right and so it seems as if at some point there was this choice and and uh and the ones that didn't choose god didn't choose his grace didn't choose his love whatever kind of kept going down this path that that became for them um irreversible right you know mm-hmm. um because yeah and that's just the way that's the way it works for a lot of people sadly Mm-hmm. Is that they get stuck in that? Yep. Yeah. So we're missing some uh, some people here. Gwen has joined us online. Uh, she just says the seminar was great. Um, and th- this this actually is a good segue that Gwen has into our next question. Um, she says this: You listed um, sin, sexual sin, drug abuse, um, abuse uh, one suffers, occult activity, generational sins, um, aka breaking ground is what she said now okay actually at first i thought that was a question and it's not a question (laughs) right but um but it does lead to a question that i think uh i think at least relates to the um to how we um how we how we handle this in in real life in fact uh so here's the here's the question and i'll get this up on the screen um while you're while you're pulling that up Isaiah 14 is one of the it passages. Is so. Okay, yeah. Yep. It is Isaiah 14, and then it's um, Ezekiel something. <laughs> um, but uh, so here's here's the question that uh, I am going to put up on the screen here. It has to do with how we live this out. In fact, um, at, at our growth track, there's a number of people that are going through a, uh, a marriage class as well. Okay. So yep. they meet as a marriage class on the every other week and they joined us. And so, um, they're asking us, what advice would you have in regards to spiritual warfare 
in engagement and leading into marriage? So, you know, that's a great, yeah. Right. That's a great question. Um, I, this, I have a hypothesis and, um, this is not, this isn't necessarily just like like chapter and verse on this, but, um, I think at transition points in our life, the enemy knows we're vulnerable Mm. and, um, and susceptible to attack. Mm. And so I would, I would say that one to, um, to be aware that while you're entering into a new season that, that is going to be beautiful and great, it's also going to be really challenging and Mm. you're going to be vulnerable to the enemy's attack. So I think a, to just know that number one, Mm. uh, number two, and this is a big thing. Um, and I would, I would say whether you're a Jesus follower or not, this should be a part of what you do in premarital. But um, the enemy seems to operate best in the pockets of secret secrecy mm-hmm. in our lives. And so um, I think part of your premarital counseling should be, and your premarital journey together should be talking about um, the things in your life that you'd love to keep hidden, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's Ooh. a past uh, decisions you made, things that have happened to you, um, things that have gone on in your life that those, as you keep those hidden in marriage, mm. those can be areas where the enemy just finds a foothold and starts to attack. So those would be the two things that uniquely mm. I would say to mm. those who are in premarital. Number one, just know that in seasons of transition, the enemy attacks. And number two, that if there are things that you're still keeping hidden, um, bring them out into the open. Um, Jesus heals, uh, through our honesty hmm. and, um, and, uh, there's great grace hmm. and power that can work in that. That's really good. That's really good. I think, yeah, that seasons of transition is, and that, that, that definitely rings true. Um, in, I want to say the things in life that cause stress, which yeah. actually, um, so, um, anyone getting married, um, that's one of those that's big of changes. It causes stress. It does. It does. And now uh, it, it leads to great things. It's not, I mean, it's one of those things we, we're, we're glad you're doing it. It's a, it's the great kind of stress that molds you into something new and better. Yep. But there's a lot of those things, changes of job, right? Yep. And um, changes in, you know, I mean, losing a, losing a loved one. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. These are times when it's like we're weak and well, we can be spiritually weak. Yeah. 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 I, I said there's no chapter and verse on it, but maybe there is, Josh. Maybe, I mean, is. maybe, um, maybe that's what when Peter's writing, maybe he says, be sober minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls mm. around like a lo- roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And if you look Ooh. at the way that lions look yeah. and lions hunt, they oftentimes try to hunt. The vulnerable, they try to yeah. hunt the weak that get are at the alone. back of the pack, get them alone. Yeah. And um, I think that that could be one of the ways that we see that play That's out good. in very real life, that transition seasons are seasons of vulnerability. It's good, but it also, I mean, it also, the a couple that can open up to each other, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and really share, then they're not alone in that. Right. And then they can be together. And that's the Ecclesiastes, the chord of, of totally you know, together of three, you know, including God in that. Right. That, that that can be so much stronger. Absolutely. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. OK. Um, uh, OK. I want to get into a, uh, a topic. That, this is the one that uh, kind of touched on a second ago. But uh, we've got a number of questions that are related to this. Okay. And it has to do with the danger of dealing with demons. And so. Um, this this is how it was put, and this was the the most liked of them. Uh, uh, should we not deliver people of demonic uh, oppression until they've put their their faith in Jesus, based on the strong man example? Yeah, I, I would say correct. Hmm. What is that? Is that Matthew twelve? That that's the strangest one of the strangest that's passages in the New Testament. It's like man. arid land and water, uh, and you're like, wait, what? What just <laughs> happened? Th- this is one of those texts where you just know there's more going on than you know, and um, you're left to scratch your head um, a little bit. Um, let me just read it for you. When the unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it passes through waterless places, waterless, obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seeking rest but finds none. Then it says, "I will return to my house." from which I came. Now this is my house. Yeah. This is the, like when I've talked when I'm talking about ownership, yeah. 
This is the idea, it's right? Possession. Okay. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, okay. swept in order. Then it goes and brings with it seven spirits, more uh, seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they will enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Um, okay. So there you have it. <laughs> uh, well, here's here's what I would say. No, that you should not try to drive out okay. a demon from a person who is not a follower of Jesus. One, they need to agree uh, that they don't want this to be a part want. of their life. Okay. okay. And the only thing that will, as this passage, I was going to say parable. It's not a parable. It's this teaching from Jesus says yeah. that if the house is empty, like if there is, if Jesus isn't Lord, yeah, then it will be worse off the second time around hmm. than it was the first time. Hmm. And so um, it sounds weird, but the first thing to do is to lead this person to faith in Christ hmm. before you drive out the demon to have hmm. them declare Christ is Lord. He is my savior. He, I want him to abide in me. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so that's the first step in deliverance. Yeah. And that, that's why this is the question. This is, this is why you said, I mean, the question said is that you said something about not being able to cast out a demon for someone but you do it with the person. Yeah. So that's what you're getting out here, right? Yeah, there, there's, there needs to be an agreement that um, in order for mm. it to be successful on the long term, mm. that's what I would say. You may see a short-term turnaround, but uh, long-term, and I think what that's what Matthew 12 is saying, is mm -hmm. it's going to be worse off long-term. Yeah. Yeah. So as this questioner is asking, I mean, we basically you're saying we, we do, could cause greater harm um, if we expel a demon for someone who hasn't trusted Jesus. Um, and it, they could, yeah, it could cause worse yeah. things for them. Yeah. Interesting. I, I would, I would agree with that. Statement. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, now there is, and there is an example, um, I want to say this is, uh, Mark nine, um, where the, the, uh, <laughs> the disciples can't uh, cast out a demon. Right. Okay? right it right. actually happens in a few places. Um, and, uh, and in one place, Jesus says, this is, can only be done by prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. And then another, he says, uh, can only be done by prayer. Um, <laughs> the question is, um, uh, are we to be careful in some situations? Now, I think you just said we need to be careful in all situations. Yeah. Um, but uh, something weird is going on here. Very strange. Very strange. <laughs> um, no. So here's what I would say. I think this goes back to a point that I made during the seminar that said, uh, where I said that our, our power flows through intimacy okay, and, um, that we don't have power independent of God. We have mm -hmm. power in dependence on God. Uh, and, um, and good. so yeah, I like the way that flows. That that's really, good. that's yeah, really that's good. Like, you should write that good. down. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and this idea at least comes from Rob Reimer's book, Spiritual Authority, okay. where he has a whole section in that book on that very text. Huh. And what he says is really what Jesus is saying isn't like, come on, guys, you need to pray more or you need to fast before you try to drive out these kinds of demons. Hmm. What he's saying is there's an authority that builds through intimacy that uh, builds no other way. And hmm. you need to cultivate that, that place that yeah, intimacy yeah, yeah. with your father um and abiding in the spirit so that you're staying in step with him uh when you encounter some of this demonic activity yeah but notice isn't it fascinating i mean i'm just thinking about this right now like there's some demons where like a certain level of intimacy with god is enough right yes. that there and that's where this idea of like a hierarchy comes in and huh, that some demons are more more, more powerful or more, more even more evil like yeah. did you catch yeah, that in Matthew totally. 12 it's totally. like he'll bring back seven more spirits that are even more evil it's like yeah. i i felt like you were either evil or you weren't but evidently there's a scale of yes. evil there's a a power hierarchy within the demonic world yeah. the demonic realm yeah. and so it's a really interesting uh, interesting idea, but, totally. uh, all that to say, uh, I think that what Jesus is saying is that the power, um, you need certain levels of power to interact with and drive out as it were some demons and that power and authority flows through intimacy with yeah. the father. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. They, uh, 
I mean, here and and so yeah, Luke Luke nine is that passage the after the transfiguration. Um, there's they they see. Here's the thing. I they don't have. They're, they're trying to do this the same way that uh, as if by their own power is what you're getting at by their own strength. Mm-hmm. Um, without being relying on 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 the spirit, right? They, yeah. they don't have the spirit yet, right? right? I mean, there's this in this place where they're just trying to go through the actions. Yeah. And here Jesus comes in the full power of the spirit. Well, you've, you they've seen know. Jesus do it exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, go, oh, yeah. This is how it works, and it's <laughs> oh, not. It's, yeah. I think that's the that would be the main one of the main things that i would say is this is not mechanical this isn't this isn't about following the right steps it is deeply spiritual yeah and that's jesus's point is this is and i know we go spiritual warfare but still in our western minds we want to systematize it and make it okay if you follow these sops totally then certainly you'll be able to drive out and it's and i think what jesus is saying is no this happens through intimacy with me yeah not independent of it yeah and michael Lyons, he actually pointed out before i think we got to it that 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 does it does indicate that there are some demons that are more evil and or more powerful than others right correct absolutely correct so c.s lewis was right they have a whole training program. No, maybe, that's... Yeah, maybe they do. <laughs> maybe they Who do. Well, I'm sure that's I mean, that's kind of what uh, what. So tell your your references about. to so, references to uh, one of the best books. I think you you mentioned yeah. it is one of the best books. It's called the Screw Tape Letters, and uh, these are letters uh, of the demon uh, of a, I mean, a pretend demon, obviously um, that C.S. Lewis was writing. And by the way, C.S. Lewis hated writing that book. Did he? He really hated it. Hmm. Um, and, and I think he hated it because he was really good at it. And he realized. So what he had to do, what C.S. Lewis does is he writes as if he is the demon, writing to a younger demon named Wormwood. Mm -hmm. And so Screwtape is the elder demon, a a presumably more powerful demon um, that had been around longer. He's mentoring a younger demon. And it is fascinating. Oh, my goodness. All the references to the enemy is a reference to God. And so uh, it's it is it is amazing. He was really, really good yes, at writing that. He was. And that's what's it's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant so much. Oh man. Well, that's that's really good. Um, so okay, let's let's uh I, I think it's some move on to some of our practices today. Okay, because because okay. we did this specifically because uh Halloween is coming. Yes, it is. All right, and so Halloween's a holiday that's mixed with all sorts of uh, oh rituals that you know have past or some some connection to at least some pagan practices it's not the only holiday we celebrate with some of those references yes indeed more on that later but uh the question the question is um has to do with all those practices so um see if i can get this up here um okay what what about nope that's not the right question here it is there it is there how what impact do you think new age pagan practices such as crystal healing, tarot cards and astrology? In fact, we can throw in um, Halloween here even. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what does this have on spiritual warfare? What kind of impact do they have? Do you think major impact? I, I would say. And, uh, you know, how to how to quantify it. I, I'm not sure. Um, so I will qualify it with. um I had the chance a few, on a few different occasions to go to like New Orleans, for example. Yeah, which is yeah, a, is a, they're way into tarot card reading, uh-huh. New Age occults, etc. And there's um, there's just a sense of spiritual oppression there. Mm. Um, met somebody in, in one of our services. Um, uh, this was two months ago, maybe. Who is from Haiti? Mm-hmm. and talked about curses that had been put on he and his family and um, breaking free from those in Jesus. And the testimony that he had was just unbelievable, yeah. right, of, of God's work in his life. And um, so I would just simply say that, and that's, there's all throughout the Old Testament, there's there's things about, um, you know, spiritists and occult and, mm-hmm. and that. Mm-hmm. But I would just simply say that there is validity to that, that, I'm go. I'll go back to the where I started our spiritual warfare seminar. Is that we live in a world that's just not just physical. Physical is not the only thing that's real, and that those things do have spiritual power behind them, and that's why oftentimes they quote unquote work, mm-hmm. right? Like you go, like somebody 
you go to a fortune teller or yes. whatever, a psychic, psychic, and um, sometimes they're powerful and right. Totally. I've heard, totally. right? So, and and even in the Bible, there's there's plenty of instances where they actually do something. Yeah, they actually work. They could copy some of the the plagues. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's that's real, but mm -hmm. but um, the goal is not for that demon to build up a life in a positive way. It's oh, to yeah, get yeah. into a life mm. through offering something that we long for, right, and want control over the future, knowledge about the future, etc. So if if the demonic activity can get in that way, then it can start to torment and demonize and execute on its real goal, which is not to tell you your future. It's mm. to destroy your future. Ah. We know that very clearly, according to the words of Jesus, the thief comes to seal, kill, and destroy. But he says, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Mm -hmm. I think all of those things on the surface can look good um, and even offer some quote-unquote good initially. Mm. But like I said, their goal is to get into your life, not to tell you your future, but to destroy your future. Mm. Wow. And if it means that they give you a little bit totally of future to get in there. Yep. Right. Um, Absolutely. Oh, wow. That's yeah, yeah. Tarot card, ast astrological sign, whatever. Okay. Right. So now whatever. Now, and I, I mentioned Halloween. So there is a question about this because there, you know, this is, this is a unique one. Um, but so what is the difference? Someone says in celebration of Halloween and the harvest celebration. Okay. So now, um, okay. The, for those who, uh, I don't know, haven't, I've just noticed this, but haven't really thought it through necessarily. Um, churches tend to do this thing around Halloween. We call them harvest harvest festivals or harvest parties, and oftentimes they don't want to use the word Halloween because of because of the very real issues that you're talking about. That yep. there's an association um, with some um, practices of evil and things like that um, that has been made. Whether how much of that is true or not, we don't. You know, that's interesting. Yep. Um, what, what would you say about about this? Well, okay, I'll, I'll say a few different things. Yeah. Number one, um, when I lived in Colorado, uh, like I said, uh, I don't have a, a plethora of firsthand experience with, with the demonic yeah, yeah. and with things like yeah. this, but I, I do try to surround myself with people who tend to operate in these spaces. And because I want to be a well-rounded follower of Jesus, and I believe that this is a very real part of our spiritual journey. There you go. There you go. And so... In Colorado, I had um, uh, a friend of mine who was like to the nth degree prophetic. And he would mm. say, he said, Halloween night is crazy mm. from a spiritual standpoint. He said, there is tons of demonic activity that happens on Halloween. Wow. Now, you can take that for what it's worth. I, mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. But anytime we're lifting up, you know, things like ghosts and goblins and devils and, you know, et cetera, mm -hmm. anytime those are being celebrated, you could imagine that the um, powers, of, the kingdom of darkness, according to the New Testament, yeah. celebrates that, that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. So, um, one, I think you can, um, so, now, is that what Halloween on a whole is doing? Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know that that's the intent of Halloween. And I do think that Christians have a long history, a long and illustrious history of taking pagan holidays and poaching them and making them their own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll talk about Christmas and the way that that happened, even Ishtar. Right. You know. OK, so. Yes. And I'm not necessarily I'm not saying that that's wrong. I actually think it's winsome mm -hmm. in some ways. And so I think the question for followers of Jesus can be, how can I, how can I utilize this holiday hmm. that our enemy loves, but how could I use, how could I utilize it for good? Yeah. Right. Can I, can I use this as a chance to interact with neighbors who I don't see for mm -hmm. the rest of the mm -hmm. year and maybe like start some friendships? Yeah. Is it a way for me to offer kindness to people? Is it, is it a, uh, is the Holy Spirit challenging me to make a stand about it? I don't know. I'm not totally. telling you exactly what to do, totally. but I don't think that we need to write it off. And, yeah. you know, celebrating harvest is a very biblical thing anyway. The fact that we do it right next to Halloween um, 
Well, uh, we can we'll talk about why we celebrate Christmas when we do. Yes, so that's right. We can that's withhold right. judgment until we now well, put up our Christmas tree and all that. Okay. Interesting thing about <laughs> about that um, is that actually this is one where this was this was a a Christian um, holiday that got taken over in a sense by right. by the pagans. I mean, because All Hallows Eve yep. is is Saints Day is is uh, November first. Okay, All Saints Day. Yep. And so they kind of Reformation Day. Reformation Day also depending is what, on what they, stream you're in. <laughs> um, so it was, it had some sort of, I don't know the, the history of All Saints yeah. Day or anything like that, but they assumed that the night before, right? That, that, that all the saints would come out, right? And then this has, this comes out a lot in uh, Dias del Muerte. Yeah. And kind of, kind of Latino um, customs. Uh, but it's, it's a, it's the, it's the night before the eve of all that and so yep. it was as if they they took something that was good and sure enough made it made it bad now about 10 years ago here at the church we actually made an intentional decision to to move our harvest party uh -huh. off of off of halloween it used oh, to really? always be on the 31st on huh, it would kind of compete with that but what we decided was you know that's the one night where people like want to come over to your house <laughs> and yeah. so as christians we should probably be there yeah. where people are in the neighborhood yeah. and experiencing things and i think that's a that was a great move yeah so i like it trying to redeem that one yep all right man well okay we we got to get moving so the, i think the last question i can ask is como se están parando <laughs> Okay, I won't try to do that. Um, this, <laughs> this was one of the questions that came in because I love this and I'm so glad I, I say that. I wish That's I could awesome. say it better. Um, one of the one of our values in Growth Track is that it is an inter-ethnic uh, experience. And so we had our, our uh, Spanish language brothers and sisters with us joining in. And so this and question... Savon was doing a live oh translation. Word. He was translating. Some of these concepts are super intense. Like that is, that guy is amazing. Uh, way to go, Stefan. But um, uh, so basically the, the question is, um, how are we going to teach this to our kids, to youth? Um, how should we? You know, I think the, the, way to, the way that you teach anything well is by modeling it, hmm. you know, and living it out first. So there's certainly the objective part that we do need to teach, but I think, um, I think there's an invitation from Jesus that he's inviting us to step into this a little bit in a little bit different way, maybe yeah. at least for me, um, than I, than I had previously. And, and I think the way that we teach our kids is by living it out and modeling it. Mm. There you go. There you go. I, I think what, uh, what, what you're trying to do, and this is, this is the, the, the thing that hit me at the seminar. And I think I, I tried to say it this way at the end was that, that you're tackling something we don't we don't often talk about because I think there's there's a there's streams of uh, uh, in the church that kind of ignore spiritual mm -hmm. warfare and then there's streams that, that probably that might focus on it too much. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, now, sure. And this is what you're saying of trying to be around um, all sorts of different people, yep. right? Um, and not to not to pick on any of them, but what we're saying is that this is real. It's a reality. And so we do need to talk about it with the newer generations, younger generations, right? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yep. well Ryan, um, I, we got to most of these questions. We did. Um, but yeah. yeah, we did. But but before before we go, um, man, love to say a few words about, about the, the sermon. But I think that the book that you brought is probably a better time to do this now. It is. It is. Yes. So, so, ladies and gentlemen... Ryan brought a book. Now, I'm glad you brought this book, but I have to point out, I'm. You might have brought this book before, but this is an appropriate time. I brought it. Maybe just between us, so maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe but I did. Maybe I did. But that's all right. This is worth bringing because this this book, this book speaks uh, would go into more depth of what you were talking okay, about. So in, if you're interested in the talk about um, the Elohim and yeah. and. God, lowercase g gods yeah. in the old testament Regional. divine counsel of god if you went wait god has a divine counsel things like that Joe questions born. like that yeah. um uh michael heiser's work unseen realm is fascinating fascinating i would say um there's some things i read where i went i'm not sure i would interpret it that way or i would i'm not i'm not sure i'm with you on that michael uh, but um all of it was interesting and it was mind blowing, and and none of it was like, no, that's absolutely wrong. No, right? it was like, but it was like, eh. some <laughs> of it was like, 
how did I get through seminary and yes, not hear true. anybody ever talk about this perspective before? That's true. Right? That's I don't know true. if you felt like that. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I read it and went, what? Yeah. It, You're right. That's there. Uh -huh. Why haven't I seen that before? Uh -huh. And why hasn't why haven't we talked about it? Yeah, he launches out of uh, Psalm 82, right? 82. Yeah, that that uh, mentions that. It mentions the phrase Elohim twice, mm -hmm. but it said, but but we, and and the right way to to translate that is that that God is the God above all gods, right? Yeah, is this, is that the, is that yeah, the that's reference? it. Yeah, yeah. And so um, here in this passage, we've we've got God listed as the as as our God. We would say Yahweh. Um, the personal name is above all gods, mm -hmm. so it's right there. It's not like it's been hiding. No. Well, uh, the in different translations it has. Oh, is that right? In English translations, oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's right. been um, because we don't know what to do with that. We don't, <laughs> right? We don't know what to do with that. So the way yeah. that some of our English translations read, um, it right. doesn't read like that. Yeah, yeah. That's one way to to get rid of a problem. <laughs> there you go. Done. To translate it out. Uh, no, um, that's what that's one of the things I love about this. This is. Being able to dive into that. So um, once again, that was the unseen realm by Michael Heisner, and uh, no, no, and Heiser. Oh, excuse me, Heiser. You're right. It just seems like it should say Heisner. Michael, come on. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, on, okay. Now um, we've we've gone almost an hour, um, but this was and this was a monumentous week. You you, you actually <laughs> so you did that seminar and closed out a series. That was a busy week. It was a busy week. Yeah, it was a busy week, and yeah. I, I thought that the close to this series was, um, was just the right, just the right tone, that all of the things that describe who we are, mm -hmm. right, is all these things that um, that really are all pointing to this last one, right? That this is this is us. We are servants, servants, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I love um, you know the picture that jesus gave his disciples of that through the washing of the feet and mm. you know it's always a challenge or and a little bit of a risk to choose to mm. preach on a passage that people know quite well mm. um but i really felt like nah this is the picture this is mm. this is the picture that jesus gave his disciples before the ultimate picture of the cross but um of his love on display yeah so that's what we talked about and um yeah no i thought I thought it was great in 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 a time when uh, in a time in our in our world where um, in a time in our church definitely where we need we need more and more people to mm -hmm. be um, recognizing their call to be servants in a sense to um, to be joining back in um, we've kind of kind of all taken a little bit of a of a break yeah so it would seem it's true now uh, obviously not intentional no one said hey I'm, I want to take a break for a year. Um, and yet, I, I I realize there's been some people that have gotten pretty comfortable mm -hmm. in that. Um, they've uh, they've stayed home. I've got friends who've done this, mm -hmm. uh, who have stayed home, who've decided, yeah, it's actually just a lot better going to church in my pajamas. Yes. Which don't get me wrong, I doesn't I, sound I bad. Understand? <laughs> I understand that. And yet, and yet, um, it's hard to it's hard to be much of a servant. And, and I think too, Jesus would say, gosh, it's hard to be a disciple if you're not a servant. Yes. Um, yes. Not, not actually, he probably wouldn't. He'd probably say it's not hard. It's impossible. Yeah. If we're going to live in his way with his heart, um, serving is a non-negotiable. That's right. That's right. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that, and we're out of time, but one of the things I wish I'd had more time to push into is I think in in our current generation, there's this idea where I need to be totally passionate about something mm. if I'm going to serve. Right. And oh, I, yeah, yeah. it's got to align perfectly with my gifts. Mm. And, um, I, my attempt at the very end was to mm. say, there are some, God does want you to find places like that because there is a place where, um, where the world's sadness and your, uh, passion and gifting yeah. meet, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, pain where the world's pain and your passion meet, but, sometimes there's just stuff that needs to get done. That's right. And very few people are passionate about the dishes. That's right. But they need to get done every night, I you love know? Yeah, and the mundane. The right? mundane. Yeah, yeah. And so that was one of the things that I really wanted to encourage our church body on was, hey, let, let's be people who search hmm. for 
areas where we're gifting that align with our strength finders or our Enneagram yeah, number, yeah. right? And it's like, yes. Yeah. But then let's also be people who go, gosh, if there's a need, I'm there. That's right. That's right. And 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 let me be clear. I just said something that um, I'm going to correct myself. Some people are home because they're serving. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, we know people, um, I know people that uh, are, you know, maybe even watching this right now that uh, are home taking care of loved ones who can't go out. Mm -hmm. um, and they didn't, they didn't choose that Yeah. to them. This is, this isn't like in the area of their giftedness, right? It's not the thing, but they're doing it. And, Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, there's some who need to because of health concerns health, and all that all stuff, that, all so. that stuff. But same time, this is, uh, this was a, this was a good challenge. Um, I was struck by this whole series. Um, we didn't, we didn't go into this much, but this is us in each of those things. I realized that this is us because of who God is. Yeah. In each of those things that we said, we are who we are, trying to be the church we are because this is a reflection of who God is. Mm -hmm. And so, I, what a, I thought it was a, it was a great series, um, challenging for us. And I'm hoping it's one that, uh, that we go back to, that we think about often. I'm here. <laughs> Oh, good. Um, Siri's here, by the way. Oh, series uh, yeah. and Siri. And Siri. Oh, I Sound said Siri. very similar. <laughs> okay. Yep. That's it. Thank you. That's, That's all it. we We're have. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, uh, we look forward to joining you next week on a um, not-so-known passage. That's right. Uh, we'll be talking about yeah. Philemon. So, everybody, so good to be with you. We will uh, see you soon. God bless, everybody. God bless.